Hello, welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Hey, how's your day been so far? Has everything just gone really smoothly and everything's hunky-dory? Or is it one of those days where you've had that you feel like you have grown some more gray hair? I know I've had days like that. Sometimes it feels like you just can't get it together. And to boot, sometimes it feels like maybe your children are in a situation where they're trying to drive you bat crazy on purpose. I know I've been there. I've done that. And you find yourself thinking, doesn't she know I love her? I mean, I tell her every day that I do, but sometimes she just acts like I'm totally against her. Can you see yourself telling her to put on a certain outfit because you didn't like what she had on and she just really gets kind of ticked at you and storms away? Well, if you haven't experienced anything like that, maybe it's because you don't have daughters, but at some point with one of your children, you just might. I know, once again, I've been there and I've done that. Let's look at the family as a whole. Well, we probably all know that the family is the foundation of society, right? And it's also ordained by God. It really constitutes um, marriage, and it's composed of people that we are related to, either by blood or adoption. And sometimes you probably have situations where the person isn't really a relative but you refer to them as your cousin because they're just that close. And you know that this person is as much of a family member as your blood relatives. The family is really fundamental to the human society. And love is really the foundation of of family. Being loved, think about what it's like when you're in love. Or when you think about how much you love your children, well, it brings joy, it brings happiness, and it gives you a special feeling. When we think about we love our spouse, we love our sweetheart, we love our parents, our children, our friends, and you know what? We want to be loved, and we need to be loved. You know why? It's because love is essential to us as humans. Well, think about this. Water is essential to us. Food is essential to us. So think about how important love is if it too is essential to us. God is in the middle of our love relationships. You know why? Because God is love. And he's the perfect example of what um, love is. Because his love is unconditional. Recently I read, and I'm going to quote, 
We are the happiest when we are living in harmony with God in nature. Someone who loves God will strive to be good, honest, and faithful, and develop all the values necessary to sustain a love relationship through the years. Loving God means you are trying to live his way, unquote. Now, you're probably familiar with, the, uh, with Psalms 127.3, and it says, children are a gift from God. They are a reward from him. Now, if we get a gift, we look at it and we decide, usually it's something that we like, but something that's coming from the Lord is something that is special to us. It's something that we love. So with that in mind, we know already that we love our children, but knowing that it's a gift from him means that there's that extra special love we have because God blessed us with these children. We have to remember once again, and you'll hear me repeat this over and over again, that love is the foundation of any relationship and especially within the family. Now, mothers and fathers have different roles because of their basic makeup. Mothers tend to be gentle and receptive and offer guidance and wisdom in an intuitive, sensitive manner. Now, that's not to say that fathers don't, but if you think about how you relate to your children, you'll see what I mean. Fathers, on the other hand, have that physical strength and provide safety and tend to solve problems in an analytical fashion and teach uh, survival skills or play sports. And once again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that mothers don't teach kids sports because they do. I'm not saying that fathers don't have a sensitive side because they do. But based on our makeup, that is how we tend to roll, so to speak. But the important thing to remember, and that I'm sure all of us know, is that both mother and father play a huge role in role modeling for both their sons and their daughters. So basically what I'm saying is that our roles as mothers and as fathers complement each other. And we do what's necessary in order to have happy, productive children. Now let's continue on again in the light of uh, family and its makeup. Family, if you think about it, is a community of life. And it's where we feel love. Family is geared to protect each family member and where we communicate love. When you walk through that door in your home, you should know that you're going to not only feel welcomed, but you're going to feel loved because that's the makeup. That's what families are for. You gain your identity and your background and your sense of belonging from your family. Within the family, you share your experiences. Just think about the things that you have done together as a family. You share birthdays, celebrate birthdays, holidays, bar mitzvahs, and any other passage of life. Families get together and, and do that. Reunions are a big part of families. 
Your family is there if you fall. Your family is there if you fail doing something. Your family protects you during times of hardship. Alistair Begg in his booklet, Parenting God's Way, says this, and I'm going to quote again. What is the greatest problem facing our nation? Is it the convoluted agenda of a political party, the threat of environmental catastrophe, or gathering storms on the international front? Is it the dire prophecies of the Wall Street economist? His answer, can you guess what his answer is? I quote again, no. Most people today would agree that the most troubling road on which our country is traveling begins and ends at the own front doors. It's all in the family, unquote. So if love is the foundation, and we know it is, then we must do what it is needed in order to make our children not just feel loved at any given moment, but we need to make them know that they are loved no matter what they do. So, yes, children are blessings from God. And along with the, that fact and with the fact that love is the foundation of family, it stands to reason then that parents must do what's needed so that their children will always feel and know that he or she is loved. Let's look at an example here. Let's say you have a daughter and or son, and this daughter is very, very talented. She has straight A's in art. She has straight A's in the hard sciences. She, she's just an all-around student, okay? You are a doctor. Your husband is an engineer, because your daughter is so talented, you want her to go to whether it's law school or to be a doctor or an engineer. You want her to do something that has the hard sciences, art she can dabble in, right? Well, her senior year, she comes to you and she says to you, hey, mom, dad, I want to be an artist. I have gotten all these awards. I have, my teachers all tell me that I am outstanding in art. And it gives me joy. It's something that I really want to do. Well, you're a little disappointed. And you sort of let her see the disappointment look on your face. So what do you do? Do you decide to tell her, hey, listen, you don't want to be a starving artist. You want to go and be a doctor or a lawyer. Well, she is in there and really want to be an artist. Okay. Take a step back because you may be in this situation. If you decide that you're going to be excited for her and do whatever, then that's the thing to do. The best way to think about how we should love our children then is to think about how God loves us. Okay? 
Keep that example in mind. Think about what God would want you to do. God's love is the only love that never falters or fail. And he loves us with an everlasting love. Romans 5.8 states, But God shows his great love for us in this way. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And then John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, think back to that example. Do you think God would say, well, if you're not going to do what I told you, daughter, then I'm not going to give you eternal life? No, he wouldn't say that. God's love is unfailing no matter what. God's love is eternal, meaning that it never ends. God's love does not disappoint. God's love is always able to supply more. It's never empty. His love is incapable of error. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8 is probably a verse that you have seen on a number of, of bridal announcements. And it reads, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrongdoing. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures throughout every circumstance. In other words... God's love is unconditional. We don't have to do and be a certain way for God. We just need to trust in his son. Unconditional love is real love. It is a full love that accepts and affirms a child for who he is, not for what he does. No matter what he does or doesn't do, you still love him and he knows it. It's important to note, though, that only unconditional love can prevent those problems that you can tend to run into with your child. Resentment, feelings of being unloved, guilt, fear, and insecurity. But it's also important to know that we must give this unconditional love that can prevent problems such as resentment, feelings of being unloved, guilt, fear, and insecurity. Conditional love, on the other hand, is based on performance and is often associated with training techniques that offer gifts, rewards, and privileges to children who behave or perform in desired ways. For instance, if your daughter insist on being an artist, and you say, I don't think so, and you force her into going into engineering or being a doctor, then that is definitely conditional love. Gary Chapman tells us that there are five languages that allows your child to best hear your love. 
And knowing your child's love language will help you meet your child's need for this love. Again, according to uh, Gary Chapman, by speaking your child's love language, get this, you can fill his emotional tank with love. I really like that word picture because I imagine going to a gas station and putting the nozzle in and it says love full. Then when your child feels loved, he is much easier to discipline and train than when his emotional tank is running on empty. Listen, your child needs to know he is loved in order to grow into a giving, loving, responsible adult. Do you know what your child's love language is? Well, in the next episode, we're going to take a look at these languages. What are they? And how do you speak your child's language? And what do you want to do? And yes, what do you not want to do based on what your child's love language is? Until the next time, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then... This is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.